Tara Dez, and today I'm going to be talking about mental health. That's, that's right, being mentally healthy. In other words, renewing our mind to what the Word of God says about us rather than what the world says about us or public opinion says about us or our past experience or even our feelings and our emotions say about us. We need to, to be mentally healthy. We need to understand what the Word of God says about us. Because as it says this in Proverbs 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As we think in our heart, it affects who we become. It affects how we act, what we say, what we experience, how we feel. It affects our physical health. Let's look at this scripture. This is in 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So in other words, health is linked to mental prosperity. Health is linked to our soul prospering. As we start to think healthy, we'll start to be healthy. Now, even the world understands this. That's why you see all these mind over matter and life coaches and, and, and positive, positive things that are out there, encouragers, coaches, whatever it is. People trying to pep talks. Okay, there are so many different things. The business world understands this very well. But as people begin to become mentally healthy, they'll start to experience prosperity in other areas of their life, in their health, in their wealth, in their relationships. As we think in our hearts, so we become. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So today, we're going to take a look at what this what this means in, in the realm of healing. You know, many times people think that healing is in the flesh. Well, sure enough, you'll see the, the results, the fruit of healing in the flesh, but healing always manifests in our thinking first. As we think in our heart, so we become. If we think like, a, like an unhealthy person, if we have negative mindsets, if we're constantly speaking out toxic words. You know, our words have power. We've done a whole series on the power of our words, so we're not going to repeat all that today. I encourage you to, 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 take, to take that to heart, though. Our words have power. The, the business world, the marketing world, the television, commercials, they all understand the power of our words. If we are constantly speaking out negative words, we'll see the fruit of those words in our flesh. It'll affect our health. But, you know, negative words come from negative thinking. In the scripture, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your heart eventually is going to come out of your mouth. So if what's coming out of your mouth you don't like, let's take a look and find out what's in your heart. Because the, the root problem is on the inside, but we're seeing them, the manifestation, the symptoms of it on, on the outside. If we want to change what we see on the outside, we have to first take a look at what we see on the inside. You know, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be like everyone else, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation, that's the word we get like metamorphosis from. To be completely changed, to be taken from one state and find ourselves in another. This is the type of, type of change that a caterpillar goes through in order to turn into a butterfly. Now, when I was a... When I was a little girl, I wanted to, to help a caterpillar out, okay, and, and, and just like, take some scissors and just maybe snip the little cocoon, right, to, because it looks like it's such an effort 
for that caterpillar to crawl its way out of the chrysalis. If you could just make the opening a little bigger, then it'll make it easier and, and, and it's the kind thing to do, right? No. You see, if we do that, the caterpillar's gonna die. There's something that happens, you know, change, the metamorphosis that is going on in that caterpillar's body is not necessarily comfortable. When we, when we go through renewing our mind to the word of God, it's not necessarily a comfortable experience. Sometimes it can be decidedly uncomfortable. Sometimes it means taking a long, hard look at why we say the things we say, why we act the way we do, why do we believe what we believe? And sometimes we'll find that our actions and our belief systems are not based upon the word of God, but based upon something else. And that is why we aren't getting the kind of results that we want to in the areas that I've most mentioned, in the area of, of physical health, in the area of relationships, in the area of of, of, of natural wealth. If we've got dysfunction in our life in some area, then there needs to be a metamorphosis in our thinking. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not, otherwise, don't be like everybody else, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oftentimes I have people come to me and say, Carly, just cast out the unbelief. Go on, just do your thing. And they stand there with their hands like this, ready for me to just smack them with something, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot cast out the unbelief. I thought, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? If there was, a, if there was a, a prayer that you could pray, if I could slap hands on somebody, if they could just take a tablet and the unbelief would just dissipate and you never have a doubt in your life. Wouldn't that be convenient? You know, it doesn't happen that way because there is a, there is a growth process that happens when we go through that metamorphosis. Just like the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Sometimes the uncomfortableness is necessary for growth. We need to take a long, hard look and examine what's in our heart because when we are mentally healthy, when we have our opinions and our belief system formed by the word of God, we're going to have word of God results. And so mental health and physical health are intrinsically linked. We cannot separate the two. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let's look at this in a... In, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of power and of love and of a sound mind. And yet every day I meet believers that are either unbelieving believers, they've forgotten how to believe, or they're just wrapped up in fear. They're just wrapped up in fear. One of the biggest motivations I have encountered in healing ministry for people wanting to receive healing is fear. The fear of the sickness will motivate people to reach for healing. Unfortunately, fear will only take people so far. It is a horrible motivator. It will motivate, but it is a horrible motivator because fear involves torment. Fear is the opposite of faith. Now, we've, we've, we've spent many times in previous lessons talking about how faith and fear are polar opposites. They cannot coexist. And how faith is the vehicle by which we receive the promises that grace, including healing, has provided. We cannot approach healing in fear and expect to receive. We approach the healer in faith and expect to receive. And so, we, you know, when it says that in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We need to understand what that is. 
Because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves frustrated because we're approaching trying to receive healing from a place of fear. Fear of what? Fear of pain, fear of suffering, fear of death, fear of, you know, what if I stop taking my tablets? What if I have the surgery? What if I don't have the surgery? People couldn't be afraid. People are, people are actually afraid to receive healing when it hurt, someone said to me one time. People are afraid of just about anything. Afraid of other people's opinions. What will my doctor say? What will my, my spouse say? Fear holds people in bondage. But we've not been given a spirit of fear. We've been given a, a, a spirit of, of power and of love and of a sound mind, a stable mind, a mind that's full of self-control, a mind that can rightly divide the word of God and apply it and mix it with faith in our life. That's the kind of mind that we've been given. But all the while, we're living in a world that is bombarding us from outside. There's so many influences in the world today. The scriptures talks about it this way. It says, it's the cares of this world, the, the, the lust for other things, distractions, cares, worries of this world. And they, they come to choke the word and stop it becoming fruitful. That's the parable of the sower. The word of God can actually stop becoming fruitful in our lives because of the deceitfulness of riches, the cares for this world and the lust for other things. Just distractions. We get distracted by living in a busy world. Not necessarily going out and living in sin, but just spending a long time living in the world, we start to absorb the opinions and the thoughts and the mindsets and beliefs, belief systems of the world. And if we're not careful, our way, our process, our thought processes will be more influenced by the world than it will be by the word of God. If we want the word of God results, we need to have our mindset transformed, not conformed. Transformation, not conformation. And so to do this, how do we do this? Okay, how do we do this? Well, let's, I just want to look at something. We, we mentioned something a, a moment ago about where doubts come from. Okay, I want to look at this in Mark 11. You're probably familiar with this passage for different reasons. Okay, but Mark 11, this is the lesson from the fig tree. In verse 22, Mark 11, 22, Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God, Right. For truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Doubts come from the heart. And it's interesting, you know, this word heart, it's, it's used um, many times in the New Testament, but it's also the same word soul, okay? It's the same word we have soul. Remember, we prosper in our, in our flesh, according to how we think in our heart, how, how our soul is prospering directly impacts how our physical body prospers. But when we, when we get in here, it says, doubts and does not doubt in his heart, does, doubts don't arise in his heart anymore because he believes what he says will come to pass. You see, faith and belief will, call, will, will, will overshadow doubts in our heart when we release it. When we speak words of faith, they will crush thoughts and doubts of unbelief. We, we can actually change what we are thinking by changing what we are speaking. This is really important. You know, we have, um, actually, I think I have one here. And I'm, I'm so passionate about this. And um, this is a confession card. What, we, what, what comes out of our mouth directly will impact what we are thinking. 
If you are struggling with doubt and unbelief in your heart and it's not dealt with, it'll actually cause your heart to become hardened to the word of God. And those doubts going unchecked will stop us from speaking. But the way to crush doubts in our heart is to start speaking what the word of God says about our situation. I'm so passionate about this. The Lord had me write out lots of different things. That, and we read these multiple times a day. This is one of our confession cards. And all it is is the word of God. It's all of the promises, all of the, the scriptures that are on this card are what God says about you. It's an effective tool to renewing our mind. How do we transform? How do we change our mind about something? How do you change your mind? If I said to you, okay, you've been thinking negative thoughts. You need to just stop doing that. Just don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. Just don't think about that, that scary thought anymore. Just don't think about it. What's going to happen? Well, probably you're going to start thinking about it. Because the more you try not to think about something, the more, in effect, you actually think about not thinking about it. Does that make sense? And so the only way to replace a lie, a negative thought system or a wrong belief is to replace it with a truth. We need to make sure that that truth that we're replacing it with is based on the truth. Amen? Is based on the truth. Because it is the truth that will set us free. If we want to experience mental freedom, for it means freedom from depression, freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear, from worry, from distress, from confusion, we need to start speaking the word of God out over our life. As we start speaking the word of God out over our life, remember, whatever he says to the mountain, he shall have whatever he says, we will start to crush any doubts that start to arise or try to surface in our heart. It's, it's almost like, I call it weeding the garden of our heart, okay? We start to weed the garden, the, the doubts, the garden of our heart by speaking the word of God, speaking what the word of God says about us. You know that word heart? It's, it's the uh, Greek word cardia. So we get like cardiac from, okay? And it actually means the mind, the soul, the seat of passion, desire, thought, appetite, affections, and purpose. So, you know, if, you, if we have something in our life that is out of whack in an area, I'm just going to pick out some of these things. So um, the mind, the soul, the seat of passion... Maybe we have a problem in the area of passion. Maybe we just are um, unmotivated. Maybe we just don't have, we're just not passionate really about anything. We lack motivation. If you lack motivation, you know, and there, there, there's just, you kind of got into this lazy um, attitude going on. A little bit slack about things. You know, that's not from God. Start speaking the word of God over your life and it will write that passion. If you, if, you have, if you have a problem, misplaced passion in the form of lust, start speaking the word of God over the situation. That you have a, the mind of Christ, that you have a sound mind. It'll crush those doubts, those wrong, um, those wrong passions from arising. If every, put it like this way. If you have a lust that comes to mind and immediately you're armed with a scripture that God's giving you and you get that out and read it, man, that's going to be a lust killer right there. Okay, if you have um, a, a thoughts that are wrong, maybe negative thoughts, maybe toxic thoughts, okay, about people, or maybe they're thoughts that are of offense or anger. You get your scripture out that's, that's from the walking in love, and I tell you, that's going to crush that doubt from arising in your heart right there. Maybe you have a problem with your appetite. 
Maybe you just find it hard to control your appetite. Or you're addicted to food or whatever it is. You have an appetite for something that's not good for you. Have your scriptures ready. Start speaking the word of God and it will squash whatever it is that is wrong. This is one way that we can train our brain. I'm trying to give you some practical tools here because just saying renew your mind isn't going to cut it. We need to know how to do that. So whatever it is that is plaguing you, that is a problem for you, that needs renewing in your mind, I can guarantee you there's a scripture you can stand on for it. The word of God is like a sword. It'll rightly divide things. It'll divide between, it's powerful and it'll crush the lies of the enemy. The, the, the source of these lies, it comes from our heart, okay? And as we, as we start to address and actively pursue God in the renewing of our mind by, by speaking the word of God out over those, those thoughts, those seats of passion, the desire, the appetite or affections, what we'll find is our purpose. Another word for heart is purpose. If we want to find our purpose, we need to make sure that we are speaking out the word of God over our life. You know, we can actually guide our heart. You know, it's popular these days to say, I just can't, I can't help the way I feel. Actually, we can. I know it's shocking, isn't it? But our feelings follow our thoughts. What we're thinking on will produce feelings in us. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If we start speaking the right things, we're going to start feeling the right things. I'll give you an example, okay? Um, has anyone ever watched a scary movie? No, because you're all good Christians. Okay, well, don't, because fear is a horrible motivator. Don't do that, okay? But if you have ever watched a scary movie or watched somebody watching a scary movie, you'll notice that something strange starts happening in the body as they're watching the scary movie. And so as they're, as they're sitting there in front of the television or in the cinema, wherever they are, and all the actions going on in front of them, they start to relate to the characters, to the things that they're seeing. And then the cushion comes up or the hand comes up or the popcorn bucket obscures their view. They start to put themselves in the position of the person running away from the mad axe murderer or whatever it is, okay? They start to relate to what they're seeing. What they're seeing starts producing feelings on the inside of them. They're thinking that they are inserting themselves into what would I feel like if I was in that moment, if that was me in that situation, what would I feel like? And before they know it, what they're thinking on is producing physical responses, producing a feeling on the inside of them. The feeling is called fear. Okay? So if we are dealing with a lot of fear in our lives, it's because we are thinking upon things which aren't of God. doesn't necessarily mean watching a scary movie, but we have been, we have been meditating and thinking upon things that are producing fear rather than producing faith. I don't need to, I don't need to, if I, if I go into your garden and I see cucumber plants growing, I don't need to have been there when you planted the cucumber seeds in the ground to know what you planted. If I see people that are dealing with a lot of fear in their life, I don't need to have been there and listening to all your thoughts to know that you weren't, what you were thinking on in order to produce that fear. You were thinking upon things that weren't good, that weren't godly, that weren't holy, the word based on the word of God, and now we're seeing the fruit of it in our life. What we're thinking upon produces feelings, produces physical responses. And so what happens if we entertain those feelings for long, what we're thinking on produces feelings. When we entertain those feelings, we'll start to act out what we feel. And so we'll see 
Those people that have been watching the scary movie, if we followed them home or we followed them to bed, we'd notice that they start looking under the bed before they get in it. They start locking all the doors and windows. They start drawing the curtains. Maybe the heart is beating a little faster than it should. Now they know that no one died in the making of that scary movie. They're actually just actors. They got paid very well, ate very well, and went home and slept very safe in their bed. But nevertheless, what they're thinking on produced feelings, and now they're acting upon those feelings. It doesn't matter that they're not rational. They're real. They're experiencing something. And so it'll change the way they act. It's the same with our mind and with our, with our physical body. Our mental health affects our physical body. If we start thinking like a sick person, we're going to start behaving like a sick person. I'll give you an example. I had a lady one time came to one of our meetings in a wheelchair. She was about 80 years old and uh, she was completely riddled with arthritis through every, jo every joint in her body. Her back was totally fused. She had metal rods running the full length of her back so she couldn't bend if she wanted to. She was totally stiff. All of her spine was fused together with metal. After prayer, she got instantaneously healed. It was one of the most spectacular healing manifestations I've seen. She started bending over, touching her toes. I mean, she was running around the room, pushing the wheelchair. She's 80 years old and I had to run to keep up with her. She was pretty, she was pretty nippy for an 80 year old, okay? She's running around. Well, at the end of the meeting, and the place goes crazy, obviously. At the end of the, at the, end of the meeting, her husband, who's been caring for her for years, comes back with the wheelchair and says, come on, dear, time to get home. Get back in your chair now. And I watched this perfectly healthy, sprightly, sprinting around eight-year-old dance right over there and hop straight back in the wheelchair. And my heart sunk because I realized even though this woman has received physical healing in her body, she hasn't changed her thinking. And you see, if we don't change our thinking, we can receive healing, but we'll find ourselves back in the same position that we were before. And sure enough, the next day she came to the next session, the next morning, and she was back and all of her symptoms had returned. She came back again in the wheelchair. You see, we cannot expect to walk in health and healing without first changing our thinking. That doesn't mean that we won't be candidates to receive. God wants you well, amen? But if you want to stay well, we have to change the way we think about healing. We have to change the way we approach the word of God to the word of God. It isn't just a band-aid when something goes wrong, but it's the way that we live our life. It is the foundation of our belief system, not just something that we do on Sundays. God wants us to be well. Listen, we could go out into the streets today and lay hands on all these unbelievers and see miraculous healing. But if they want to walk in health, they've got to not come to know Jesus in an intimate way. We need to be permanently healed. Be permanently healed means to be in relationship. Let's look at this. So how do, more tools, I'm talking here about tools of renewing our mind, okay? Galatians 5 verse 1. It says, for, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know, fear and mental anguish is a bondage. It's a bondage. God, had, Jesus died for us to be free. He died, he died for us to be free. And it's not anybody in the world that entangles us with the yoke of bondage. Even the devil doesn't have the power to do that. 
We entangle ourselves with the yoke of bondage. Having once become free, we can step back into bondage if our mind is not renewed, if our old patterns of thinking have not been changed. I want to show you this in uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10. You know, sometimes, sometimes our mindsets, our wrong thinking has been around for so long, we don't even recognize it anymore. We've become so used to having negative mindsets. Maybe it was our upbringing, the way that we were raised, maybe it was just environment, we're working, whatever it is. Wrong thinking can become so normal, we don't even recognize it's there. Something that's been around a long time will have more, we be more ingrained in us, become what the, the scripture talks about, strongholds. Look at this in, a, this is in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we're in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, okay, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Stronghold, that's, that's just a thought pattern that's become ingrained, that's taken a hold of us. It's been around a long time, okay? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is complete. What that's talking about there is taking our thoughts captive. You know, we can't stop thoughts coming to us. Just because you have a negative thought come to you doesn't mean that you're in sin. You know, it says that Jesus, he was tempted in every way and yet he did not sin. We aren't in sin because thoughts come to us. Negative thoughts, wrong thought systems, um, whatever it is, toxic thinking, what, whatever it is, when it comes to us, we're not in sin. It's what we meditate on that matters. It's what we meditate on that matters. And our job is to stop those negative thoughts from landing. The Lord showed me this, this way one time. It's like, imagine this, like our thoughts is like, a, like an air traffic control system. Now, we travel a lot, we're always on airplanes, and that amazes me how the people in the air traffic control tower, they make all them screams and them knobs and whatever they do, and it's, it's like a dance, right? Sometimes you're coming in on, a, on an aircraft and there's another aircraft coming in down the side of you, and it's like this synchronized landing, you know, of the aircraft. They've got all of these planes in the air at once, swimming around, they're flying around up in the, in the sky, but yet none of those planes can land unless they have permission to. Now, there may be planes in your airspace. Planes are like thoughts. Thoughts are circulating around. There may be thoughts, planes in your airspace that are negative. But we have the permission. We have to give those planes permission to land. We have to give those thoughts permission to land in our hearts. And this is what this, this passage is talking about here. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I like to do it this way. I measure it up to the John 10.10 rule. That's my golden rule for most things, right? John 10.10 says that it's the thief, the enemy, the devil, okay? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he does. Hasn't got anything else to do. Killing, stealing, destroying. If there's something in your life that's killing, stealing, or destroying, it only comes from one place, and that's the devil, okay? And it's the same with our thoughts, if those thoughts are coming to kill, to steal, or destroy, then they're not good and they're not from God, right? Because the rest of that scripture says, but Jesus, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. If you want to live an abundant life, it comes from renewing your mind to the word of God. 
If you want the Word of God results, it comes from Word of God thinking. We do not war against the flesh. We do not war for the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Through God. That's the key right there. Now, there are many different systems in the world that can help you change negative thought systems, negative patterns that, could, that can help you to, to you know, there's, there's counselling, there's therapy, there's lots of different worldly systems. But if we want to once and for all pull down the strongholds in our life, in our mental thinking and be mentally healthy, there's only one way to really do it effectively, through God. Through God. There are tools in the world that you can use, but do it through God, right? To the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing everything into captivity. That's when I get my thought life. I see those planes, those thoughts circulating in my airspace, and they come to me, and I start thinking upon them. And then all of a sudden I catch myself, okay, thought, where do you come from? I'm going to get my John 10, 10 measure out. Are you good? Are you bad or are you ugly, right? The good, you're going to come from God. Are you bad? You're going to come from the, from, the, from the devil. Are you ugly? Then it's probably the flesh. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The John 10, 10 role. We, the more we start to analyze our thinking, that is a process of renewing our mind, of being transformed rather than conformed. So if we want to see transformation in our life, we cannot be passive and neglect our mental health. You know, we, to, in order to have physical health, we need to have good mental health because it, 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 they, they are intrinsically joined. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So healing starts on the inside before we start to see it on the outside. And as a young lady, I used to be in a wheelchair, been in a wheelchair for, for, for a number of months, wasn't sure if I was ever going to walk again. But during that time, the Lord gave me a picture of me climbing a mountain. He gave me a picture of me climbing a mountain. And because I had a picture on the inside of me that was from God, that was based upon the word of God, healing that was based upon the word of God, not from, not from some outside source. It wasn't based upon a doctor's report. It wasn't based upon a prognosis. It wasn't based upon my physical situation in that time. That mental picture on the inside of me was what enabled me to walk in faith and step up out of that wheelchair. I'm a walking healed woman today because of a belief system on the inside of me that changed. You know, as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let's look at this in uh, Hebrews 2, verse 14. So then, as the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise took part in these, so that through death, he's talking about Jesus, he might destroy him, destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. He's such a loser. And deliver those who through fear of death were throughout their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, fear involves torment, okay? And terror is, the word, is where we get torment from. And basically, that's just the organized use, to, use of fear as a weapon. The devil will use fear to keep you in bondage. That is the yoke of bondage which, for which Christ has set you free. But if we do not renew our mind and have our opinion of ourselves and our future determined by the word of God, it's going to be based on something else. We'll find ourselves slipping back into that yoke of bondage, slipping back into that fear. 
Just like that lady that got herself um, back into the wheelchair, the next day the symptoms came back upon her. Renewing our mind means changing our thinking. It means taking every thought captive and, and, and analyzing it and saying, where is that thinking coming from? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it ugly? What am I going to do with it? I'm going to measure it up and see if that's a thought I want to keep. And if it's not, I'm going to replace it with the truth. I'm going to replace it with the truth. You know, the devil might, might come, up, come against you and, and tell you that you, you're going to die, but you've got, a, you've got thousands of scriptures in here that says he sent his word and healed you. He sent his word and healed you. By his stripes, you were healed. I mean, you can stand. There are so, there are so many scriptures on healing. You've, you've heard hundreds of them throughout this course. We have to decide to get the word of God out and use it like a weapon against the thoughts of the enemy. And when those thoughts come to us, that's when you get your scripture card out. You know, I feel like somebody needs to get some index cards. And you need to have a little pack of index cards. And, and, and pray in tongues and do this, because I think this is going to help somebody. But let God give you some scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit inspire you. Throughout this course, you've heard many different ones, but some of them, you don't need many, but you need to make them your own. You need to make them your own. You know, when, um, when, when Ashley and I first got married, we lived in a flat in London, we were going through all kinds of trials and stuff. And one thing that we knew, we didn't know a lot, but we knew the word of God was the answer. And we wrote out scriptures on, on post-it notes, on sticky notes, and we plastered our apartment in them. So everywhere we went, the word of God was before us. If you want word of God results, it starts by meditating on the word of God. You can't pull out of your heart what you haven't first planted in there. Look at this. You know, fear, we just went to this, this scripture in Hebrews. It just comes from an unrenewed mind. That's where it comes from. But I want to show you something. Isaiah 26, 3. You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. The word mind there is another word we get um, um, imagination from. Okay? We need to keep our imaginations. Remember we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we need to cast down vain imaginations. When our imaginations are stayed upon the word of God, peace will be the result. Peace is the antidote to fear. If you deal with depression, anxiety, worry, fear, confusion, any of those things, peace is the antidote. And you know what we received when we received Jesus? We received the Prince of Peace. Peace is part of our new nature. We're not trying to get something from God that we haven't already got. In Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. Peace, love, joy, self-control. All of those things are in there. Kindness, goodness. Temperance, meekness, self-control, all of those things are in there. We have received the Prince of Peace. He's the antidote to fear. So patterns of wrong thinking can become normal to us. So let's just go through some things here on how to break patterns of wrong thinking and renew our mind to what the Word of God says. We're basing this off Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Having that mind change, that mindset change to where the word of God becomes more true to us. And it becomes the truth that sets us free. First of all, we need to spot them. We need to spot where our wrong thinking, where our become strongholds in our life. How do we do that? Well, the Holy Spirit's a helper. He's a helper, our comforter, our friend. The Holy Spirit. You can ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to see 
where I've had some wrong thought patterns, where I've had some wrong belief system. Holy Spirit, show me. Next time I think something that's wrong, help me to see that. Help me to spot that. Help me to identify that. Help me to identify which of my actions are propelled by fear rather than faith. The Holy Spirit, he's a very practical, he's our he's a helper. He's our a, he's a comforter, he's our friend. Okay? What we say is the result of what we've been thinking upon. Think about your words. Sometimes it helps people to keep almost a journal, a journal of the things they say, of the conversations they've, they've, they've had, or the words that have come out of their mouth through the day. And then look back and see. And, and, and you're not worried about what other people are saying. It's what comes out of your mouth that's important. Keep a word journal because sometimes we're not even, we're not even aware that we are so negative that we are so critical, that we are so, everything that comes out of our mouth is so depressing. And then we wonder why we have bad fruit in our lives because we're saying bad things with our words. So maybe keep a word journal, that would help you. Philippians 4, 8, meditate on the word of God. Let's look at that one. This is really important. You know, you can't ask the Holy Spirit to bring it out of your heart where you haven't first planted in there, okay? Philipp, actually, let's, let's just um, back up a little bit in 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, not for everything. I'm not, I'm not um, thankful for everything. Everything that happens to us isn't of God. But in everything, by prayer and supplications, with gratitude, that's with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And as a result of doing those things in verse 7, the peace of God. You need some peace in your heart and your mind. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts. It'll protect your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. If we need the peace of God, it's the peace of God that protects our heart. Remember, our heart, we started out with this in, in Mark 11, 23. But doubts arise in our hearts. But here it says, the peace of God that surpasses our thinking even will protect our hearts, will protect our minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever things are true, whatever, this is true, by the way, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, it's very English, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. What things? The things that are true, that are just, that are pure, that are lovely, that are of good report. Think on those things. Do those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the peace of God will be with you. If we need peace in our life, one way to renew in our mind is to do these things, not just hear them, but to do them. There's a response of faith here, okay? So meditate on the word of God. Meditate on it. Meditate on these things. Not just in some translation, it doesn't say, it doesn't say think on these things. It says meditate. You know the word meditate? It means to speak it, study it, utter it, or roar it like a lion. That's powerful, isn't it? You think of Joshua 1, 8, 1, 9. It says, keep the word of God before you, Joshua. Keep the word of God before you. Day and night, meditate on these things, and then it will make your way prosperous, and you have good success. If we want to renew our mind to the word of God, it means meditating on the scripture that speaking it out of our mouth, studying it, uttering it, and roaring it like a lion. Man, that means speaking with authority. 
The power of the spoken word of God over your life is life transforming. It's life transforming. The words of our mouth will alter the, 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 the doubts, they'll crush the doubts that arise in our heart. Look at this. There's another thing here. We can actually guide our heart. Now, I've mentioned um, Proverbs 23. There's some other verses in Proverbs 23 I want to draw your attention to. So we've been talking, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he? That's Proverbs 23, verse 7. But if, and this is such, Proverbs is, is, is full of fatherly wisdom, fatherly wisdom in here. So it says, um, verse 15, my son, you see that the heart of the father in here. If your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice, even mine. This is God speaking. Yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. When the word of God comes out of our mouth, God rejoices. God rejoices. It goes on down here in verse 19. And it says, hear my son and be wise and guide your heart in the way. Guide your heart in the way. You know, I started to study this out. And this word guide, I mean, verse 19 here of Proverbs 23. It means to lead, to pronounce and to call blessed, to advance and to progress. If we want to advance in life in a healthy, productive way, if we want to see progress in something, we need to be calling our life blessed. We need to be leading our heart by announcing over it, by proclaiming over ourselves, our lives, our kids, our bodies, our finances, our relationships. We need to start pronouncing and calling them blessed. We need to start speaking the blessing of God over our lives. And that way, we're going to start leading our heart. Now, this word heart, we've mentioned this before. It means the mind, the will, the emotions, the passage, the passions and the thinking. We must guide our thinking and we will lead our emotions. If you're somebody that struggles in the realm of your emotions, it's, you know, in order to correct that, we need to correct what we're thinking upon. Because our emotions, our feelings are following what we've been thinking upon. If you don't like how you're feeling, change your thinking. If you don't know what to think, just speak the word of God. Just speak the word of God. You can't go wrong with the truth of the word. Man, this is so powerful. The word of God is so powerful. Even unbelievers will start responding to it. My son, when he was in grade school, he's about seven years old, he went to school and he started reading the word of God aloud in the playground. He just learned to read, okay? So, and, and he had a Bible and he was a state school. He started reading the word of God just aloud in the playground. One day he comes home and he has a backpack that's really heavy. We opened it up, it's full of Bibles. Joshua, where did you get these from? Where did you, where did you get these from? Well, then we see the principal. It turned out that Joshua turned into a Bible smuggler. We didn't realize this, but every lunchtime at recess, he would go out, read with his friend, reading the word of God aloud. And it was so different to the children. They'd never heard that before. They, they began to get saved. Now, the principal of the state school that he was attending was also a believer. She wasn't allowed in her position to hand out Bibles because it got awkward when the Muslim children started to get born again. So she just supplied Josh with the Bibles because apparently children can hand out Bibles, but teachers couldn't. So he became the Bible smuggler. The word of God started to change the school. There's probably 20 or 30 children that got saved that year just because the word of God started to be spoken aloud in the playgrounds. Children started to get healed 
a recess. In the end, the school nurse would call Joshua down to his class from his classroom to the nurse's office to pray for kids so that they could get healed and go back to school rather than having to go home for the day. The word of God changes things. If we don't like how we're feeling, change what we're thinking by changing what we're speaking. Amen? We can guide our heart. Our heart left to its own devices is probably not going to end up in a good place. We need to have leadership if we want to renew our mind and be transformation in our life and not confirmation in our life. We need to take charge of leading our own heart because a heart left without leadership will just absorb everything that's in the world. It'll fill itself up with things that aren't good. And it's, not, it's left unprotected. It's left unprotected. A heart that's left unprotected is a heart that has been left without leadership. We need to be leading our heart, guiding our own heart. And that means being careful what we hear and careful what we repeat. Careful what we repeat. So the next thing is speak out what God says. Speak the beginning from the end. There's lots of scriptures in this, but we can declare the end from the beginning. Speak the desired end result. Amen. Speak the desired end result of your life, of your kids, of your body, of your situations. Let's, let's look at this in, a, in 2 Timothy. I've got two more scriptures I want to share with you in the time that we have together. In 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 13, it says, Follow the pattern of sound teaching which you have heard from me in the faith and the love that is in Christ Jesus. Guard the treasure that was committed to you through the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Guard it. Guard the treasure of the word. Follow the pattern of sound teaching which you refer. Be careful what you hear. I think it's Luke. It says, take heed what you hear. Don't just listen to, to any old trash that's out there. Okay? But, but if we want to see life-changing results, we need to take um, responsibility for what we're listening to. Amen? Whatever source that might come from. And guard the treasure that's been committed. We've been given treasure. This is treasure, right? This is, he sent his word and healed you. We've been given treasure. If we, had a, if we knew how valuable it was, we would guard it. We would take care of it. We would place it of high value in our life. We would, we would take measures to protect it. We need to protect the treasure that's in our heart. You know, um, let's go here in, in Luke. Luke has lots of good things. Luke was a doctor. I like the way he presents things. Okay. This is the parable of the sower. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But you know what? It's the, it's the last type of ground. It talks about four different types of ground that the word of God is sown on. Unless we should believe it and be saved. Man, the devil would be terrified of that, wouldn't he? Verse 12, it says, Then comes the devil who takes away the word from God from their hearts, lest they believe it and be saved. That word saved also means healed. But in verse 15, this is the fourth type of ground. It says, But the seed that's on the good ground are those who, having heard the word of God, keep it in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. You know, to keep the word of God that you've heard today, this is what it means. It, that word keep, it means to cling to the word of God, to hold it fast, to seize the word, to retain it in your hearts, and when trouble comes, to possess the truth. That's what it means. To not be hearers of the word only, but to be doers. Take the word of God, take the treasure, and use it to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And when we do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding 
will fill our heart, it will fill our mind, it will fill our mouth, it will overspill, it will come out, it will have a life-changing, life-altering result. And there were two or three times where I walked into church and I felt the heat of, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Yes, yes. She is very good. She is. She had a good topic. Yeah. She really did. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna act like Susan for a second here. So I'm trying not to get in the high pitched voice, but you know. Um, what did you guys take away from this? Cling to the word God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I was, you know, I hear, I'm going through Karis Bible College, you, you get a lot of this kind of teaching, which, you know, deep roots you into a lot of this. So you hear it over and over and over again. One of the things about, about this is, is that, you know, every time that, that we allow that word to be cultivated. You know, the, the word cultivate means that I don't just plant a seed, but I actually get out all the rocks. I get out all of the, the sticks and the, the bad things, the weeds, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm able to plant something in good ground. Well, if we're able to plant stuff in good ground, mm. then, then what we're doing every time we're speaking is that we're planting seeds in our own heart so we can have the fruit that we also say right you're not just getting it from listening to her but if you've got the word of god and you start putting the word of god out you know she was talking you know she was she's about a week late from what the holy spirit was telling me about you know i was taking uh romans 12 uh one and two and um i was talking about or I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, where it says that there's such a great cloud of witnesses that we lay aside every weight. And that one scripture right there was what the Lord started putting in my heart, started speaking over my body, you know, and, and lay aside those things which are an easy sin. When you go back and, and look at that, it's the, the easy sin. I love to eat. Uh, Heather always tells me, quit rubbing your belly. But I'll get up on stage and I'll talk about, you know, oh, I, you know, we, you know, I, I like uh, a good meal. My grandmother, Nana, uh, you know, Nana would just cook and she just loved people who had a big, hearty appetite. Well, there's something about that that it's the sin that easily besets me is the thing that makes me feel the most good. Right? It's that familiarity. It's the thing that I that I put because I remember Nana. You know, I, I think about, oh, well, we're going to do something and we have to have food. We have to have whatever. Now, I'm going to flip this back over to the Word of God because if I'm planting into my heart that I get comfort from the Word and not comfort from the food, then I can lay aside the weight and the thing that easily besets me, the sin that easily besets me. So I can have comfort in something that is opposite of what gave me comfort in the flesh. 
See what I'm saying here? So those are the kind of things that I see, you know, when we're we're thinking about, you know, a script, you know, the scriptures that she was talking about, that if you have some issues, if you have you know sickness, you need to you need to have something happen in your body. Go find scriptures and allow those to be what you plant instead of what is being planted in your flesh and in your mind. Because our mind, our will, and our emotions, they're what controls our body. And we are a slave to them. But our mind, will, and emotions are a slave to whatever we plant in our heart. Because our heart is a belief system. One of the things that she was talking about to tonight too was that you know you have you have doubt and you have faith and so faith is a positive thing that we believe in our heart doubt is the negative thing it is negative faith right i mean if i just put it in those kind of words it makes it seem that you have the opposite the polar opposites if you will so if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, doubt comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the world. So we have to understand that what we're planting into our heart is either building us full of faith or it's building us full of doubt. You may go, well, hey, I'm watching the History Channel and it, it's great. I get to see tigers and lions and bears, oh my. And all that kind of stuff is fun and I like to see it. Well, you might not be putting something into you that is causing you to doubt the Word of God. But you may be put, you may be filling your mind so full of stuff that you never actually put the Word of God in at all. See, that happens to everybody. Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to say the I don't want to say my scriptures today. I don't want to, I don't want to read read my scriptures. You know, a lot of times I read the things that I'm believing for. I, I read them, and I read them, and I read them, and I'll say them. But I'm reading them, and I'm putting it in my heart, and then I'll say it. I'm reading it, and I put it in my heart, and I say it. The thing is, is that takes time, and it takes you going, bad flesh, <laughs> stop it, right? So we have, to, we have to sometimes go, am I putting in negative faith or positive? And just like, just like Romans 10.17 says, is that if we, if, we put in, if we put in God's Word, we're going to get out faith. If we put in the world, then we're going to get doubt. So we just need to keep that in mind that there's just a lot of things that we, when we cultivate our heart, we're planting seeds, we're watering those seeds, and we're trying to keep those seeds going. And you also don't want to reap tares because that's what you were planting at the same time as well. Any other thoughts? Any, anybody else? Um, just a humble uh, question. How does the Holy Spirit act as like this thought gatekeeper, so to speak? You know, when, or like an air traffic controller, like she was pointing out. Well, I think, I think, just like everything else, right? So, if if I'm 
speaking things of the Spirit and I'm reading things of the Spirit that I'm going to be confirmed in the Spirit. Air traffic controller is going to be like, you know, go to runway, whatever, watch out for this, do that. But if I'm, if I'm doing something the opposite of that, then I'm only being confirmed by the world, right? Oh, right. So the world will keep confirming themselves. It's like today I was talking to a guy and we were having a conversation and I said, you know, prophecy. Oh, this guy was completely against prophecy. But the way prophecy happens in our lives nowadays is different than what it was. We don't have Jeremiah the crying prophet. Right. He's got stuff written on his head and, you know, he had to sleep a certain way and he had to do these things because God told him to do because he was prophesying against Israel and to try to have them turn. Well, our prophecy comes from what we're planting in our heart and the Holy Spirit's using. A lot of times, there will be confirmation by the Holy Spirit and by others. You know, I used the thing the other night. The Lord had been putting on mine and Heather's heart we was going to start a church. And this is like 2016, 2017 time frame. And I'm preaching at Life of Faith North. I'm standing just like in front of y'all. It's a bunch of tables. We only had probably... 12 people in the room. And I prayed for some folks. And then all of a sudden, uh, Selah goes, hey, I want to pray for you. And I thought to myself, oh, this is just going to be some sweet little, bless you, bless you, Pastor Dusty. No, she came up, she laid hands on me, and she told me, this is what the Lord's saying. You're going to leave us, and you're going to start a church. And you're going to do all the things that God has put in your heart. Do you know that that hit me so hard because it was a confirmation of the Holy Spirit. Not only what was in my heart, but it was also what somebody else told me. So the Holy Spirit, from an air traffic controller perspective, is, is the more work we put in, the more we are, we're actually cultivating those seeds. The Holy Spirit is going to use himself. He's going to use other people to actually confirm these things in your life. And two, I think she was talking about um, the way the Holy Spirit is making it your own. Like Dusty, the Holy Spirit put uh, Philippians 4, 413 mm -hmm. yeah, in his heart. And that was Dusty's guiding post. The Holy Spirit put it there. And I think we need to listen to the Holy Spirit for Him to give us that, that center. Absolutely, because it will be reconfirmed and reconfirmed and reconfirmed over and over again. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. It took me from ADD and dyslexia and not knowing what I was going to have from a hope and a future perspective. And it, it was basically the only, it was one of the most known scriptures in my life for years. I meditated on it, meditated on it. I mean, other than, you know, John 3.16, that was the scripture that I knew. Mm -hmm. And I went, I put it before my face. I just continued to do that. But that got planted in my heart, and it became a part of who I was, and I ate off of that fruit for so many years. I went from GED, because I didn't graduate high school, to master's degree in about 11 years. And it was because the Lord kept putting on my heart, you can do this. So just like what Mom's saying here is that Carly Teredes is saying when the Holy Spirit puts something in your heart, He's going to cultivate that. He's going to help you. He's going to continue. You just have to ever put it before your face. That's why Carly said 
make, make your, your cards or whatever you do it and make, right. find scriptures that you make your own. Right. Yes. There's certain scriptures, like let's see, we have that scripture, but you know, each of us have scriptures that really mean a lot to us. And it's scriptures that we we frequently go to in our soul. So Absolutely. We think about that and you know, we apply that to our life, you know, so I do the fruit of the spirit that way a lot. I, I'll, I'll quote the nine fruit of the spirit in my mind and my heart, uh, especially self-control, because I, I have a tendency to be judgmental about people, you know, and I don't know their circumstance. So I, I you know, I, I say, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Or wriggle me my witness. I'll get aggravated with traffic, you yeah. know, especially if I'm by myself. And I'm going to part to my part-time work or whatever because I'm retired, of course, but, but. Uh, you know, I try to use that self-control with the ninth one just because I, it's also called self-discipline. Right. So that you take that and you stop yourself from allowing Satan to get you in a tweet about that, basically. Right. You know, absolutely. So, no, absolutely. Us humans, we can get But you, you know, it, it may be five scriptures. Dusty's had several that meant so much to him and brought him through all right. that 11 years. But, you know, we take those scriptures and we use those and apply those to our lives. You know that scripture became so, so they, you have, you know, you can get really bogged down in some of this, and I'm not like telling you to do so. You've got the Logos word, and then you've got the Rhema word. And the Logos word is the written word. It's like what's on your page. The Rhema word is the spoken word. And you can apply that also to the spoken word of God to you. So the Holy Spirit, using that particular scripture that particular word that particular thing was spoken to your heart it wasn't just a written word that i i looked at this and said well it was written down so i'm just going to meditate on it that's good but i've actually there's scriptures that i that i actually look at on a day-to-day basis that it actually speaks to me i actually can hear it's like the voice of the holy spirit saying you need to hear that scripture again. I mean, there's times where I'm going down the road, especially, especially here in you know, with all the things that are happening in in our life and everything else, and you know, I know that God is doing something in our lives, right? You know, I the the love scriptures always pop up to me, especially when I'm dealing with people as I'm riding down the road, right? And, you know, but the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, maintenance, self-control, all those type of things are, are fruits of the Spirit. Those will pop up to you. And you might have scriptures that come off of those kind of things. But I always, you know, I always think about it from the perspective of what is God speaking to my heart? Like that, that set of scriptures that I was talking about in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, that hit me the other night and it was like, an alive word in me. And it said, hey, you got such a great cloud of witnesses that are that are out here. I've got clouds of witnesses that are, and, and a lot of people think, oh, that's in heaven. But no, that's the people that are around us. And what's happened is, is that God said, hey, because you got all these people watching you, you need to lay aside every weight. You need to, to not fall into those sins that so easily beset you. And that just like hit me like a ton of bricks. So those are the kind of, that that's what I, I I'm gonna tell you. You're gonna read certain things, the logos, and it will eventually become a rhema, a spoken word in your heart by the Holy Spirit. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? <laughs> All right, well, we're going to... Oh, go ahead. I need prayer. Okay. I need healing. <laughs> we're All right. Too. 